previously on the fire insurance series. If there's flood, it will not be covered under a pure fire insurance policy. Unless you take a fire and allied perils insurance policy where flood is an allied peril to the fire we've talked about. Oh, okay, so let me restate this. For a fire only policy, it covers fire, lightning, and domestic explosion. Yes. But then the fire and allied peril policy would cover fire, lightning, domestic explosion, and allied perils, which flood could be one of them. Yes. Okay. Why is it important to inform your insurer if the details of your rates change? In this episode, Isaac continues to engage Solomon on the requirement of a fire insurance policy. So now let's look at who needs to take up a fire insurance policy. Um, I would say anybody who has an interest or a financial interest in insurance will say that if you have an insurable interest, Mm. you qualify to take a a fire insurance policy. So it is any person or institution or company that has an insurable interest. And to break it down, when we say you have an insurable interest, what it means is that you have a certain relationship with the property such that you have a financial interest in the property. And so if the property goes bad Mm -hmm. or the property suffers a loss, you will suffer financially. And if the property is good or it is in a good state, you benefit. So if you are in any relationship with a property like that, it is deemed that you have an insurable interest. And so you can insure. So any person or business or company that has an insurable interest or a financial interest in the property can take a fire insurance policy. So can I say that if I stand to gain from the, from the continued existence of the property, then I have an insurable interest in that property. And, and again, if I stand to lose, if that property is no more, then I have an insurable interest. Exactly. So does that mean that as a tenant of a property that I do not, as a tenant, do I have an insurable interest in the, the property I rent? The question is... Um, <clears throat> It depends on the tenancy agreement. agreement. Okay, all right. If the tenancy agreement puts a responsibility on you for damage to the building you are occupying, okay, then by virtue of the tenancy agreement, okay. you have a financial interest in the property, so you may insure. Okay. But okay. ordinarily, if you are strictly a tenant, you may not necessarily have a financial interest True. in the building. So you can insure only your content. Okay. And then the homeowner or the house owner will then have to take an insurance policy for their building. Great. On that note, let's, let's, let's zoom into this. What can be insured under a fire insurance policy? Uh, this is an interesting question. Um, what can be insured under a fire insurance policy is any asset that is tangible. And so any intangible asset cannot be insured under a fire insurance policy. Okay. And by a tangible asset, what we mean is an asset you can feel, see, and touch. Okay. And any asset or property that cannot move on its own transmission. So a motor um, vehicle cannot be insured under a strict fire insurance policy. It has its own separate motor insurance policy that can be taken. So, mm-hmm. the assets that can be insured under a fire insurance policies are tangible assets and assets that cannot move on their own transmission. Okay. So, so 
because an accessories policy is part of the fire family, you cannot insure a motor vehicle under an accessories policy. Exactly, right? because there's a, a special policy for that. That is the motor insurance policy. I suspect that will also be an exclusion under the accessories policy that you will not be able to insure motor vehicles. Definitely, it is an exclusion. Wow. Now let's 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 look at this. What does one need? Uh, we've looked at who can insure. We've looked yeah. at uh, what can be insured. Now, I know who can insure. I know what can be insured. At this point, what do I need to provide to the insurance company so that they can get me any of the policies you've spoken of? Yes, what you need is depending on what property or asset you want to insure. Let's take it. if it is a building. What you need to provide to the insurance company is the value of the building. And the value of the building can only be determined by a professional who evaluates. And so if it is a building, you need a valuation report on the property or the building. Okay. And that will inform you of the value that you need to insure the property at. If it is, if it is stocks, you need your stock sheet or you need your stock list. That will give you the value of the stocks or your raw materials or your items you are using in trade. And then if it is any other home content or any other equipment, you might need the value at which you purchased those equipment. So if you have a receipt, it helps to provide those informations. Okay. That aside, the insurance company also helps you to provide information that they need to make a decision to cover you or not. And that is what we call a proposal form. So they'll give you a fire insurance proposal form. That is simply a questionnaire that elicits certain information from you, the proposer, who wants to insure. And so it will include the location. It will include the nature of the property. If it is a building, it will like to know what was used in constructing the building. How has it been roofed? Okay. They would like to find out if you have, you have experienced any other loss incident on your property in some past few years. Mm-hmm. They would like to know whether you have been declined an insurance before or okay. your premiums have been increased. They would like to know a lot of things. And at the, at the tail end of the proposal form, there's a declaration to the effect that the informations that you are providing are true to, your best, to the best of your knowledge. And, that, and then this proposal form that you are filling and signing will be the basis for the contract. So what if you provide an incorrect information on the proposal form? If you provide an incorrect information as part of the declaration, it goes on to say that any information that is provided that is not correct mm-hmm. will be used to your detriment. Wow. And so if you provide an information that is not correct... The policy will be done anyway, but even in the policy, there's a condition that if, it's, if there's any material misdescription mis- or misrepresentation of facts, the policy will be declared as if it never existed. So, for example, if I said that my property is at cantonments, but apparently the property is at East Legon, that means that my policy would have issues, right? Yes, and I can promise you that when there's a loss, the insurance company may not pay because per the contract, you told us that you have a property at Mm cantonment, and that is what the insurance company agreed to cover. 
Okay. You did not tell the insurance company you had a property at East Legon. Probably if you told them you had a property at East Legon, they might have declined cover. Okay. And so once you tell us the properties at Cantonment, we believe that what you are signing, it's true to the best of your knowledge. Okay. So if it turns out that the property, which cannot move on its own transmission, mm-hmm. miraculously finds itself in East Legon, mm-hmm. per the contract that we have, we did not agree to cover any property at East Legon. We agreed to cover a property at Cantonment. So by virtue of that, it will be difficult for you to be compensated. Let me have a second version of this. So let's say I bought a property, let's say at East Legon, and then I sold that property maybe three months into the policy and bought another property at Cantonment. So I told you initially it was East Legon, I didn't inform you when I changed it, but the property I bought at Cantonments now is of the same value as the one at East Legon. Would I still have a problem? Yes, I would say that you still have a problem because in the fire insurance policy documents that are normally given to clients, we, there's a condition that entreats the clients to inform, of, inform the insurance company if there's any material change in the risk. Okay. And so if you have moved from East Legon to Cantonment and the property we are talking about has even changed, it is, it is incumbent on you, the insured, to inform your insurance company so that they pass an endorsement or okay. they make some changes to your policy to reflect mm. your new property you have acquired. If you fail to do that, it is already a condition in the policy and the insurance company may not pay. If they decide to pay, it is out of grace or it's an esgracia. Okay. But per the contract we have, if they don't pay, they have not gone wrong. Thank you for taking time to listen. We are Bima Advisors, insurance professionals with the passion to train and educate on insurance-related issues. If you have any doubts or questions concerning anything in insurance, do not hesitate to send us a message via email on info at bimaadvisors.com. 